Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by co-founder and president of Made for Patrick Dossett. Patrick is a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy and SEAL training. He spent nine years in service before leaving the military and getting his MBA at the Wharton School. He then spent some time at Google and also co-founded the Tip of the Spear Foundation, a nonprofit that serves the special operations community. He then started Made For, a company that offers learning tools curated by experts in the fields of neuroscience, positive psychology, and health and wellness. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Great to be here. We're super excited to have you here. Could you give a little background on who you are and what Made For is? Yeah, so I'm uh, Pat Dawson. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Made4. I began my professional career serving as a U.S. Navy SEAL. So I spent just over nine years in the SEAL teams. And coming out of the military, I went through graduate school, got an MBA, spent a few years at Google, and then ultimately left Google to work on Made4, a company I co-founded about four and a half years ago alongside Blake McCoskey, founder of Tom Shoes, and our lead scientific advisor, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who is a neuroscientist out of Stanford and head of the Huberman Lab podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about like why you guys started Made4 and what the main goal of Made4 is? Yeah, absolutely. Blake and I were off on a, a surf trip together and we had been wanting to, to work on something together for some time, but didn't really have a sense of what that might be. But we really aligned on this idea that if we could help people show up better for themselves, unlock agency and potential in their own lives as it relates to physical and mental health, that that would be a really exciting mission to pursue. And so with that as uh, really the goal of helping people build better well-being agency in their lives, that's what we pursued. And so that's ultimately what, you know, what the Made For developed around was this idea of helping people show up better in their own lives. And if they can do that, then they're going to improve the lives of their teammates, their coworkers, their families, and everyone else around them. And that seemed to be an exciting mission to pursue. So I'd love to kind of understand it at a really concrete level. So I, as the consumer, join online and I'm taken through a journey slash program with a community involved in it. And you guys have these pillars of the journey that are really unique and obviously have been created purposely for a reason. What are these different parts of the journey and how do they help you grow and become, you know, the best version of yourself? Yeah, great question. So I think the first thing that I would say is that rarely is information the thing that prohibits progress, right? We, we live in a world where we have access to amazing podcast content and amazing content online and courses. And there's just so much out there, books and not only so much information out there, but there's so many products and services that maybe promise or help us be better, whether it's, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, or more present and aware, or whatever the thing is that we're aiming and working towards. But there's just a lot. And so one of the things, one of the the first things that we were really focused on is how can we help people do more with less? And can we really curate and distill the science of wellness? So these are things like how your brain works, how your body works, how they work together. How do you um, establish habits? Why do you do the things that you do? How do you create agency? How can you focus your attention in small 
but deliberate ways, both your attention and effort in small deliberate ways in a way that helps you be more confident, more capable, and ultimately perform at a higher level. And so that was very much what we were working on was a, a program that was distilled, essential, purposeful, and ultimately got someone to, to a better place. The way that we de- deliver the program is by focusing on 10 foundational areas of practice. These are things like hydration, gratitude, connection, nature, rest, vision, movement, breath, all things, again, that I think we inherently know are good for us for one reason or another. Maybe we haven't extracted as much value um, that we can from that area of focus, or maybe we've um, skipped over that in lieu or in pursuit of something else, maybe a, a hack or a fad or something that was being presented to us. So we have these 10 areas of focus. And then what we do is someone signs up for our program and we take them through over the course of a year, every month focused on one specific practice. So we deliver the science, the story, the steps, the benefits of engaging in a practice. And then we pair that with a challenge designed around what's the smallest thing that we could get you to do where you would see a benefit of your actions. And so the idea is that these small steps over time start to not only shift your behaviors in better and longer lasting ways, but over time, you're actually developing a mindset that is a reflexive mindset that helps you perform at your best without really trying. So you can set the practices down and what you're left with is just a different way of moving through the world. So that's the program in a nutshell. That's super helpful. And tell me a little bit about like the main consumer. So who's like the type of person, obviously everyone and everyone should be signing up for this and everyone can benefit from you know, focusing their attention into these parts of our lives. But who are the main consumers that are signing up right now for Made For? And who are you guys like going after as your target consumer? Yeah, this is, I think this is the million dollar question for us and something that we we thought about from the very beginning when you're focused on a, a psychographic and not a demographic and that psychographic exists across a, a wide segment of the population. How do you go after them and, and reach them? And what we found is that our members really do represent everyone. So from 17 to our oldest member now is 91 years of age, all different walks of life, all 50 states. We're in 42 countries now. So you're really seeing quite a a broad representation of society writ large go through the program. But what I would say is the common denominators, there are kind of three groups of people that come into Made For. The first is those ever optimizers, maybe those the Tim Ferriss crowd that is always looking for the next greatest thing. How do I get bigger, better, faster, stronger? So those folks come into Made For. We also have people on the other end of the spectrum that maybe are struggling with something acute or chronic, and they're really just looking for any lifeline or any you know port in the storm to find a way to get a little bit of reprieve in their life. So those are two segments that come in, but I would say those are the small smallest groups. The largest group that comes into Made For are people that... Maybe at one time they look back and they feel like they were performing on a very high level and that, you know, as they look back, they say, well, at that point in time, I was really unlocking my full potential. I was on the trajectory I was meant to be on, but for whatever reason, life, I always like to say life gets a vote, you know, but having a family, a job, career change, age, they feel like they've moved off that trajectory of where they could be or where they should be. And so I think that's where most of our members come in. They're stressed, they're overworked, they're tired. They've got a lot of, they've got a lot going on and they realize that they could do better, but they don't know where to start. And so we help them, we help them through that. So when you think about 
like the boom of kind of mental health startups, companies like Calm or Headspace and so on. I mean, it seems like you guys have a nice mix of both physical and mental focus combined. Would you guys say that that is your competitive landscape, like those kind of startups that, that are kind of merging with like an explicit focus on mental health? Or are you guys kind of differentiated because of this kind of physical mental combination? Or what are the main differentiators, I guess? I think we're I think we're differentiated for a few different reasons. One is that we really approach mental and physical health from a holistic standpoint. So it's not one thing. It's not meditation. It's not weight loss. It's not, you know, CrossFit. It's not what it's not one thing. It's everything, right? And I think we affirm and recognize that there is not one way, that there's not one perfect morning routine, and there's not one, you know, one program or one style of eating that's right for everyone, right? Everyone has a unique solution for them and part of the process is discovering what works best for you. So we have a holistic approach. We recognize that there's not one way of doing it. But the other thing that's different for us is that we have a finite end state to our program. It's not an app that you put on your phone that just sits there forever and you drift in and drift out as you see fit, but rather you start our program on day one, there's very specific steps that you take. And when you finish at the end of the program, we are eliciting or working towards a specific effect for our members. And so the idea is that by the time you get to the end of made for, you no longer need made for, you understand what works best for you, what to lean into. And again, your reflection will be showing up better for yourself. So I would say those are some of the differentiators between us and what's on the market currently. And then I would say the maybe the biggest, not the biggest, but an additional differentiator is that Everything that we do is designed to get someone offline, to turn off your device, get offline and into action in these small um, ways that add up some to, to great effect. And so, you know, we have, we started shipping physical kits out every month when we first launched the program. We've since kept the physicality and the offline nature of the program, but we also have a digital offering now where people can access the content and access the challenges, albeit at a much lower price point. We didn't want price to be the thing that prohibits people from engaging our program, but members still have the opportunities to buy the physical materials and take the entire program offline if they so choose. And so what we've seen is that that really resonates with folks, that people like this tangible, physical nature of Made For and the fact that Everything is geared and designed to get you away from your screens so that you can start to carve out, you know, a little bit of time and attention to fully connect with yourself. And so one of the things that we talk about at Made For is this concept of interoceptive awareness, that this idea of sensing into the signals and cues your body is sending to you and how best you can respond to those things in real time to perform at your best. So that is a through line of our program we work on every month as we're working on these foundational habits. And again, I think that's different from what you traditionally see uh, Calm or Headspace or maybe others out there working on. When I think through like the journey, hydration, gratitude, fuel, connection, breath, so on, you know, these seem intuitive to me, but I will say like, I'm sure there's a level of hindsight bias that I have, like they probably are not obvious. How did you like land on these as the main pillars empirically? Like, did it sounds like you have an amazing advisory board um, that may have helped you, but how did these kind of steps come about specifically? Yeah, great question. So we started with a very wide aperture and said, really, what are all of the possible things that someone could do that would help them perform better? And, you know, Blake, my, my co-founder from, you know, just his personal interests and experience and resources has been, is constantly exploring new and, and trying different things. Me from my background in human performance and in the military, you know, I have, I come from a different vantage point, uh, but you bring Andrew in, you bring John Radian from Harvard, you bring uh, Ruth Banka or Samra Hattar from the National Institute of Mental Health. You start bringing all these experts in and you ask them, okay, if you could tell 
anyone to do anything that is validated by science, that if you could distill everything that you know from your deep domain expertise and say, this is what I would want someone to do for a short period of time to create uh, an outsized effect, what is that thing? And so we just started pressure testing all of these various ideas and we threw a bunch of things on the table. But the more we pressure tested things, the more that wide aperture narrowed and we we settled on these 10 because one, they're, they're, they're all based on evidence-based research, Two, we thought they were they were things that people could wrap their head around that was accessible to everyone, but that would, in getting someone, there was enough there to get someone into action around so that they would see the benefits of their effort. And so but that's how we settled on those. But I think you bring up a good point. All of these things are things that we intuitively know are good for us, but you take something like, you know, hydration. So we have this, we give folks this, this water bottle with beads on it. We ask them to move a bead every time they finish a bottle of water. The hydration month is half about what does it mean to be hydrated and what's the science about hydration and chronic dehydration. But the other half of it is what happens when you pay attention to a small thing that you do every day and start to create some awareness around how that is affecting you. And so that for us, that's an entry point to understand interoceptive awareness and what's going on with your body. And there's some really cool adjacent effects of that. When you start paying attention to one thing, you start noticing, well, man, I'm really not moving my body much throughout the day or that, you know, I'm kind of um, not really present when I'm eating my food or I'm not present in my relationships with my girlfriend or my, my spouse or my kids. And we just use that again as an entry point to start to help people discover what works best for them. Yeah, I think it's super powerful because I almost feel like it's like the humanization of steps that you can take for mental and physical health. And it's not as, I mean, I think there's so many psychotherapies within kind of the field of psychology that are, I wouldn't say like kind of highly like stigmatized, but just much more like clinical and I guess more formal. And this feels like it's just a bit more kind of everyday practical and probably resonates with more consumers who you know, some of whom may have serious like mental difficulties that they're fighting, but others who may just simply be to your point, like more stressed with work, with what happened with COVID and and so on. So I think it opens yourselves up to like a bigger demographic and potential consumer base. Yeah, no, I think think that's spot on. And it's fun to see, you know, one of the, we spent a year developing the program. We spent a year in beta working with about a thousand members all across the country. And I'll never forget one of the first calls I had with one of those beta testers I think they were two months into the program and this is a woman in North Carolina. And so we're having the call she was giving feedback on the packaging and the experience and, you know, everything was very much right down the middle of the road, you know, expected feedback. And as a founder, you know, you can have all of the best intentions and, and, put so much effort into something and care so much. But at the end of the day, the the customer gets a vote on whether they like it or not. Right. And so in some respects, in some of these early calls, I was bracing for like, all right, they're going to hate this. What are, you know, what is this all about? But the call went for the most part as expected. And then at the very end, she was getting ready to hang up. She said, Oh, I have one more thing. And I was like, Oh man, here it goes. Like, this is not going to be good. And she said, you know, I've got to commend you. I said, what is that? And her words, not mine. She said, you know, it takes a lot of balls to charge someone $70 a month or whatever the the price point was for the beta testers. It takes a lot of balls to charge someone $70 a month and then tell them to drink water and focus on drinking water. But she said, I have to commend you on it because it works. And oftentimes people don't sell what works. They sell what's easy to sell, what's easy to package and easy to market. And uh, so just hats off to you all for doing that. And for me, that was like the immediate validation that, hey, we, you know, we're doing the right thing and the right thing can be effective. And not only can you build a good business around it, but you can also serve uh, the members very well and, and help people in the process. So that's been infinitely rewarding. 
Yeah. I'm wondering what happens at the end of the program. So you take everyone, you know, through 10 months a year, what happens at the end? Is there a subscription like roll off? Is there education that continues? How do people still stay involved and want to be involved in the made for community? Yeah. Great question. So we, and this is not the right business school answer, but when we started working on this, it really was a finite offering. There was no intention of like, well, then we'll say this and then we'll say this, or it was, we want to create an amazing program, an amazing experience, affect change in people's lives, and then have them go off and and have what they need. But we've since heard from our members that they really love our style of delivering the science and content and that they want more from us. And so we have a large percentage of our alumni stay engaged. They stay inside our community and inside our portal, and they'd like to um, help other members that are going through the program, or they'd like to revisit past challenges. So at some point, you know, we have not yet to date charged alumni for that. We have just allowed them to stay in. But at, at some point, we might have a platform fee to stay connected to the community and stay, you know, dive back in. But I think even outside, very much where I want Made For to be is to be that resource that curates the science tools, steps, and support to help people navigate life better. And so you can imagine there's lots of transition points in life, whether it's loss of a loved one, birth of a child, graduation, getting married, having kids, all of these discrete moments in time where if we could be a partner to someone and help them navigate that better and bring their best self to that using science-backed you know, interventions and, and small steps, then I want to do that. So that's what we're working on now and creating you know, the next, I don't want to say next version of Made For, because I think the foundational offering is critical for everyone, but we're going to start having these tailor-made programs specific towards someone's phase of life. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm wondering, like the integration with wearables, and you mentioned Made For has a physical component if Mm -hmm. users choose to be part of that and really taking people like away from the screen and offline is is at the mission. You know, we're seeing so many in the wearable tech space, like you, you have the levels and you have aura rings and you have whoops. Is there a world in which Made For integrates with these types of platforms or types of wearables that people can be having like data while also going through this program? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, this is something Andrew and I've talked about. Do we want to run some studies around the program and its effects? And I think something that that I've always, that I've said in the beginning, and Andrew, I talk a lot about this, is this idea that if I have to look at something outside myself, be it a screen, an app, a device, a wearable, a piece of technology to see how I'm performing and feeling, I've missed a critical first step. And that's really where Made For, I think, shines and where we add a ton of value for people. So it's not, hey, what did my sleep, not what's my sleep number from last night? It's not what this metric is to see, to tell me how I'm feeling or how I'm performing. What is my body telling me and how best can I respond based upon what I'm feeling? And so I recognize that, again, this is a little bit counter to where the market is going right now. But I think you're going to see, you're going to see some pushback against all of these wearable trackable devices. And we all know people that wear Fitbits or wear these things and that they ultimately aren't, they aren't helping those people change. Maybe they're sources of anxiety or maybe they're, they're sources of, you know, I, I think you can go in a lot of different directions, but what I will say is that you will only improve your level of performance and unlock more potential to the degree to which you don't have to rely on a device to tell you what to do and how to feel. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, sometimes too much is not 
you know, like we always think by having more equals better and by under like getting more data and whatnot. And sometimes, as you said, you know, we need to look inside as opposed to for external validation or external information. So that makes total sense. I think too, that look, all of those things play a role in some metric of performance, right? And so for elite athletes or for, um, you know, if someone's under physician's care, there's lots of scenarios where those types of devices make sense. But what I would say is by and large, the general public um, would be better served spending more time growing their interoceptive awareness and understanding of what they can control and what their body's telling them, as opposed to outsourcing that to something else outside of themselves. Because again, I just, yeah, I think I don't, not only do I think I know that focusing on that own internal awareness and what to do relative to how you feel is paramount to performance. And it doesn't matter if you're an elite athlete or not. It was funny. I was talking of a, a friend that longtime professional tennis player, we were talking the other day and he sent me his whoop score and his, he was telling me, he was like, look at my HRV. It was like 17. And I said, huh. I was like, well, that doesn't seem great. And he said, he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. He's like, you know, I had two drinks last night. And I said, huh? I said, well, how do you feel? He said, I feel great. He said, I had a great night's sleep. He's like, I feel awesome. I said, well, then throw your device away, ignore it. Like you're probably going to be okay. Right. And so, you know, these devices, they give us, they give us signals and they give us some data points, but they're not, they're imperfect. Right. And, but so anyways, I can talk forever about that, but there's certainly great business models and great businesses to, to be had there. It's just not one that I'm interested in exploring right now. Yeah. No, I don't wear any. So I, <laughs> I appreciate it. I got, I used to, and I, then I was like so fixated on the numbers that I wasn't actually focused on like how I was at, like you just said, like how I was actually feeling. And that's how so many people are with the whoop is like, they use the numbers to dictate how they feel like regardless of actually how they're feeling, they're like, oh, my sleep score says that I didn't sleep. That means I didn't sleep when actually like they got a fine night's sleep or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I, I think, look, humans are incredibly resilient. We're amazingly resilient, right? And, you know, my, I've said this on in, in other forms, but like my SEAL training class, we started with 220 people. We graduated 17 out of the original 220. Those 17 people were rather unremarkable. In fact, all the biggest, fastest, strongest people were some of the first to quit and go away. And so what you were left with was this group of people that you wouldn't be able to pick out of a lineup, but they had a common mindset. They did some foundational things very well. I say that to say, you know, part of SEAL training is not sleeping for a week. It's being cold and wet for long periods of time. It's putting your body through really challenging physical and mental and emotional circumstances, but your body bounces back. Like we are, we can handle a lot. And when you outsource your agency or your, you know, your state and how you're feeling to a number on a screen, you're losing some agency in that process. You're like, well, what does this thing tell me? How am I feeling? How am I performing? And I think that is, it's part of a larger conversation of like, look, you know, people augment with supplements and potions and lotions and all types of things that promise these brain states or these, you know, you know, to deliver these, these quick fixes. And again, I think those are, it's a slippery slope and you have to be careful what you decide you're going to outsource your well-being to, right? And whenever you can insource it to yourself and understand, all right, hey, there are some foundational things. And again, that's why like made for is fad proof. We're not 
there's nothing that's going to come out that tells us that water isn't good for us or morning sunlight or looking at a horizon or the ways that you can engage your breath or making eye contact with individuals or, you know, cultivating a mindset and orientation or recognize and celebrate the good, no matter the situation you find yourself in. These are all things that aren't going to change. Right. And so when we can inspire someone to get into action around those, they start realizing that, well, I have more control than I thought, more resilient than I thought. And this constant, incessant dialogue of like, I got to be perfect. I got to like reach the next run next rung in the ladder is actually prohibiting my progress. And, and so it's fun to take people through that journey of self-discovery. And then when they get to the end of it, they find like, actually, there's a lot of stuff that I thought I needed to live my best life or unlock my full potential that, you know, I really don't need. And you, we almost inoculate them against what the marketplace uh, typically tries to sell and push them. So obviously you can tell I'm passionate about it, feel strongly about these sorts of things, but I think it's, uh, I think it's important. No, I love it. I really appreciate it. We're going to move to our rapid fire section of the podcast. So we're going to throw some random stuff at you and whatever comes to mind, you can hit it back at me. Okay, let's do it. All right. East coast or West coast? West coast. Guilty pleasure. Long ocean swims. Ooh. Craziest mission in the military that you can like share as an anecdote. Oh, crazy. I've never been asked that. Um, you know, I, I would just, I would say across the board, the whole experience is crazy. I mean, you know, especially since 9-11, I was a senior at the U.S. Naval Academy when um, 9-11 happened. And so very quickly there became a, a consequence to every action that you took and like it, everything just became very real. But the SEAL team, special operations community, military writ large has been very busy since 9-11. And that's, you know, working in urban environments, desert environments. I spent a few years on a SDV team, a, a SEAL delivery vehicle team. There are these mini wet submersibles that we launch off ballistic missile submarines, worked in Iraq and Afghanistan and you know East Africa and a lot of different places. And so I would say the craziest thing was just the diversity of the experience across the board. I, I, I couldn't say that I, I pick out any one mission that yeah, stands out over the rest. So That's fair. We like to ask all of our guests how they subscribe to wellness. So what are some things that you do on a daily basis that make you the best version of yourself and be able to perform for Made For? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's been funny. So in growing Made For, I've also, my wife and I, we've got two and a half year old twins and a one-year-old twin girls and a one-year-old son. And so it's been chaos, especially it's been chaos on top of chaos, building Made For, building a family and then COVID and being locked down and, and everything that comes with that. So I've been forced very much to practice what I preach at Made For, which has been great because it works and it's effective. So what I would say is I... You know, the non-negotiables for me are every morning when I wake up, I, I drink a bottle of water because you know, I sleep with my mouth open and uh, I know that just starting the day with a bottle of water helps me get hydrated and feel like I'm in a good space. I always move my body in the mornings and this isn't, you know, I'm not using the word exercise or fitness. Sometimes it is that, but generally it's taking a bit of time just to move my body and check in with how I'm feeling and see how I can serve my body with movement over the course of the day. The third is getting outdoors and getting some morning light. And then the fourth is making sure that I'm cultivating some time to be fully present for a period of time in the mornings. And so typically that present time is with my kids. But what I mean by that is off screens, off devices, and I'm just really present to where I'm at and what I'm experiencing. And I think those three or four things, I can't remember what I said, help me throughout the rest of the day, just set the rest of my day up in a way that I'm able to get the most out of it. So 
I love that. And where can our listeners learn more about Made For? Yeah, uh, check us out, uh, website, getmadefor.com, G-E-T-M-A-D-E-F-O-R.com. Or you can um, follow us on Instagram at made for, I think I'm on Instagram at made for underscore Pat. So I would love to share more about what we're doing. And once a month, we do these public base camps where we talk with different scientists and experts around wellness. So we just had Kelly, no, who do we just have on? We just had Kelly McGonigal on from uh, Stanford. Daniel, you'll know Kelly. We've got uh, Scott Barry Kaufman on uh, here next week. Lisa Feldman Barry. We've had a number of just amazing people. Andrew jumps in from time to time. So if you ever want to if you ever want to join in on one of those conversations, you can tune in live. Just follow us on Instagram and we'll share more when that's happening. Amazing. Thank you so much, Pat. And we um, really appreciate your time. Thanks, Thanks guys. Enjoy the conversation. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.